You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host, Micah from Fifth Florida ACC, and we've got Nick with us again. Um, Nick, obviously, we chatted not too long ago, uh, went through and kind of gave our preseason expectations and some accolades as well, or more like superlatives, I guess you could say. Uh, so now we're going to kind of deep dive each team. We're less than three weeks away from college football starting, less than four weeks away from ACC football starting. So definitely exciting times. I, it was kind of fun to see on Twitter. I don't know if you noticed it at all, but um, around the, I think it was, I think it was Friday of last year of, of this past week. Um, it was a year ago that day that they put out the ACC's like modified COVID schedule. Uh, so that definitely makes me feel a little bit better that we've kind of gotten past that point with the schedules not changing. So that definitely has me a little bit excited. It'll be interesting to see what comes with obviously the current spikes with the Delta variant, but I'm, I'm quite surprised. It seems like everyone's still full steam ahead. Like things are going to be normal. I mean, pending maybe some vaccine rules or something. So heck, if I can watch football every single week, I'll be happy. I don't necessarily care how it gets done. Plus, I mean, I don't know how much of this is factor cap, but supposedly Ole Miss at that hundred percent threshold. And I feel like, if Ole Miss is at that number, then we'll probably see at least half the ACC schools get to 100% uh, mm-hmm. opinion. So, I mean, how are you doing, Nick? I know that was a lot, but uh, what's been going on? Uh, not much. Just uh, excited to d- deep dive into some teams. And uh, like you said, last year, man, I was like looking at all the schedule changes and I'm just happy that when doing these teams and everything, looking their schedules up, it was so nice to see like a full 12 game slate and with like these different matchups from out of conference. So I'm really excited. I'm really ready to get things going for it. So. Absolutely. So today, like you said, we're going to deep dive in some teams. We're going to start off here going alphabetical order. Seems only fair with preseason predictions being all over the place in the conference. Uh, So we're going to be kicking it off with Boston College, a team that definitely exceeded expectations last year, uh, is getting love from a lot of folks. Um, To me, just right off the bat, I kind of feel like they're Louisville of two years ago where they exceed expectations the one year, first year with Scott Satterfield. I'm not saying, again, that Boston College is going to drop down to the cellar or anything like that, but I, I don't think that Boston College uh, is going to be a nine and three, you know, second place Atlantic team. Obviously, we came out with our predictions and I had them fairly down in the Atlantic. I mean, pretty much equal with everybody else in the conference. But I mean, I, I, I like to credit last year, Louisville kind of everyone knew what to expect. They're not going to catch people sleeping anymore. I mean, last year when Boston College beat Duke week week one, uh, 26 to six. I remember everyone was shocked by that. And looking back on it, it's like, really, that's not that shocking. Duke was terrible and Boston college was a good football team, but this Boston college team you know, also escaped a lot of games last year, only beating Syracuse by three, beating Pitt by one, you know, beating Louisville by seven. So I'm not saying again, that this is an overrated team by any means, but some of the, some of the folks that are trying to tell me that Boston college should be eight, nine wins. I'm pumping the brakes. Yeah, uh, I agree. I have it written down that, like, going through their schedule, it's very interesting. If they – I said going nine and three, 
this season for Boston College would be a fantastic, fantastic uh, season for them, especially with Jeff Halfley in his, in his second year. They would have to beat Colgate, UMass Temple. I think that's a great, easy start to get things going. For them to get 9-3, and three, they would have to beat Mizzou. I think you have to beat NC State. You got to beat Georgia Tech and either Florida State or Wake. Um, I think for a bad season, I mean, five and seven, I could see them. Go- That's like absolute bad that I could see them be uh, at five and seven. They could lose, you know, that Missouri game, NC State. I think they can handle Louisville and Syracuse with ease, but uh, you and also maybe Georgia Tech as well. But when you get to Virginia Tech, Florida State, Wake, that's going to be tough. Um, I think they should 100% win their first three games. And then it sucks. You get those easy slate games, and then right away you hit Missouri, who, you know, isn't anything special, but, I mean, it's an SEC team. You got Clemson, and then you got NC State, where everyone's kind of hyping them up a little bit too. Um, So it starts off very – Starts off very easy, and their recruiting class coming into this season is a huge improvement. I think this is one of the best Boston College recruiting classes I've seen in a long time. Uh, Last year, their 2020 class, they were 62nd overall, 12th in the ACC, and they only had 16 commits, which is very low. Uh, But this year, they got two four-stars coming in. 324 stars and even to start off the 2022 recruiting trail they're top five in the ACC right now I think they're top 30 uh overall so uh Jeff Havley has been turning this thing around and if they can go seven and five great season if they can go nine and three which again I agree with you Micah pumped the brakes a little bit there but yeah that's what I got so far I think Zay Flowers is going to be good I think uh, Phil uh, Jerkovic is going to be good, good too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the Boston College hype, in a sense, is understandable. Again, I am just not as high on this team overall. But I think I've also, when I look back at just what I've kind of looked at for predictions and going through everything, I think something I may have missed with Boston College was just how – easy to schedule this comparatively to some of these teams in the conference. I mean, you mentioned it in terms of, you know, handling Louisville, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, like your four conference road games. Again, Georgia Tech and Syracuse are games that you necessarily don't want to have on the road. I think if you're at home, you pretty much chalk those up as a win, but they're still the better team against both of those opponents. Louisville, I'm still high on Louisville, so I don't think that's a win. But you got Clemson on the road. So no one's expecting them to win that game, even if that's in Boston College. But especially with it being at Clemson, again, I've always said, I'd almost rather when you're a team at the middle of the pack, you almost want to play the best team in the conference on the road if you're going to be uh, expected to lose anyways, because then you don't lose a potential home win. I mean, getting Virginia Tech, Florida State, NC State, and Wake all at home, that's pretty huge, especially when you get Florida State. Wake at the end of the season, I mean, I don't think Wake Forest and North Carolina is going to get I think it's down to the 30s or 40s like it can in Boston, but it's not like it's, you know, brutally, you know, cold down there or a huge temperature change. But for Florida State going to the Boston College in late November, that plays well into their hands. Uh, They're the only Power 5 team that I know of that is going to be playing two group of five teams on the road. Granted, 
the UMass game to me still is just, I just can't understand it. Like you would think that game would be at Foxborough. Like if that game doesn't sell out for UMass and UMass will never sell out a home football game ever when it's like an 18, 19,000 seated stadium and you're playing the only other team in the state. And then they go to Temple, which, I mean, let's just be honest, you're playing Lincoln Financial at that point. Is it really that much of a home advantage for Temple? And, and the thing is, too, those three, those first three games start the season, not a single one of those teams is a top 100 FBS team. Obviously, Colgate's a group of five, or excuse me, a uh, FCS team. But Colgate's kind of middle of the pack pioneer league, or Patriot League, excuse me. And, you know, UMass and Temple, well, it's UMass. And Temple has some potential upside, but a lot of, Experts have them two and 10, three and nine, four and eight, kind of their ceiling this year. So again, a, a should be win for Boston College. Getting Missouri at home, I think, is nice. I don't think you want to go to that, go to Missouri for that game. Uh, you know, this is one of those teams where I could see nine and three very doable. I could, I mean, I'm being honest, I could probably even see 10 and two, to be completely honest, with a ceiling. But I just don't think that again, they're gonna. They're just not there yet. I will say we'll kind of get into more of the positions and everything like that on both sides of the ball, but they've done a great job in the transfer portal. So I'll give Jeff Hefley that, you know, they did lose Hunter Long, but I'm really excited. And there's a lot of love coming out from Chestnut Hill about their transfer. They grabbed from FCS Jacksonville state and Trey Barry. That did, you look at what he did at Jacksonville state and he was, probably the best tight end in the FCS. And again, I understand it's got to translate over to the FBS, but when you have someone with a veteran leadership like that, who was successful at the FCS level, it's definitely not bad to help try to fill the void of losing an all American and probably the best tight end. And we've seen in the ACC in the last few years in Hunter Long. Yeah. Um, not to get too much into it, but like, I think we're going to run into that problem uh, when we deep dive in most of the Atlantic teams anyway, I mean, we talked about it on Thursday that like these teams have like a great ceiling, but they also could be like very bad too. And by very bad, I mean, not like three and nine, I'm more like five and seven, barely missing a bull game uh, except for Syracuse. But nonetheless, like very easy to start off with. And all these games are going to be very interesting. The Atlantic is going to be very interesting. Um, you know, it's all these are just 50-50 toss-ups. I mean, Wake, Florida State, Virginia Tech, uh, Louisville could show up, NC State. Who knows? They, they will lose to Clemson, but, I mean, they could give them a run. Even Missouri, that's a 50-50 matchup. I wouldn't, even though it, Missouri is SEC caliber, I wouldn't put it over them to wipe the floor with Boston College in the least. So, also, yeah, that's very real how that game's not in Foxborough. It's at UMass. But nonetheless, I mean, very easy to start off with, but they run into a tough three-game stretch, and then the rest is all 50-50, where you could see 9-3, you could see 7-5, you could see 5-7. and seven. Yeah, and one thing that I always want to point out that, People don't really like to hear because obviously the expectations are quite low for Boston College. But not that I'm saying Steve Adazio shouldn't have, you know, been let go. Because if you if you believe that your program is better than a 500 program, then you you have to move on because that's what you were going to get with Steve Adazio. But again, their last five years, seven and six, seven and six, seven and five, six and seven, six and five. Like it's not like it changed all that much. I understand. Yeah, there was 
they exceeded expectations last year. And I, I would argue that they were a more fun team to watch. But, you know, the last time I saw Boston College in person was in the Carrier Dome back in 2019, where David Bailey and I'm drawing a blank on, oh my goodness, why am I drawing a blank on their really good, oh, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon and, and David Bailey both rushed for like 250 yards apiece and four touchdowns. I, I'm looking at it here. It was a 58 to 27 win for Boston College, and it was all on the ground. And that wasn't what Boston College was last year at all. That's actually my biggest question mark for them this year is can they be more balanced and run the football? Or we'll kind of just get right into it with the offense. Like they're returning their entire starting offensive line. And if we know anything about Boston College, that's something they pride themselves on. And is it the same level of offensive linemen as what they had at, at, with Adazio? I would say yes, because it wasn't like it was completely, you know, it's like Adazio has been gone for five years. So these are half leads recruits and maybe that type of mantra of the, let's be the bully ball kind of guy like Steve Adazio likes to run is gone. Those are still talented offensive linemen. But again, can they run the football? Because that was the thing last year that, you know, and that's my biggest concern for them this year is you now know what you're dealing with with this offense. I mean, Fodrakovic is a fantastic quarterback. Zay Flowers is probably my favorite receiver to watch in the ACC. So you've got these threats on the outside, but if Travis Levy can't get going on running the football, what are, what are we going to expect from them? I mean, if you're, if you're a talented defense, you know, you mentioned it with NC State when we're kind of deep diving things. We're a little concerned about the secondary. So those kinds of things will kind of play a factor. But, you know, even teams that have a banged up secondary or struggle with, you know, the defensive side of the ball like that, you know, it could benefit them because they know, well, they're not going to beat us on the ground. So let's just lock down, drop everybody, play a prevent style defense and let them beat us in the front. And they don't think that's going to end too well for some of these teams. But you know, last year's Boston College last game was against Virginia and Virginia secondary at the point was incredibly banged up. We saw what Virginia Tech did against them in their last game for Virginia and just threw the ball all over the field on them when everyone was concerned that they were going to be able to run the football all day with Khalil Herbert and um, um, the kid at Blackshear out of Rutgers. But you kind of saw, I mean, granted, it was a shootout regardless, but, you know, Virginia was able to kind of realize, like, hey, like, they're not going to beat us on the ground. Like, let's just play back and prevent. And Boston College still moved the ball in the air. But, you know, again, then now you're requiring your defense to step up, too, because at that point, and I, I would argue that Boston College should have won that game considering how banged up Virginia secondary was, but instead they lost by 11. So, you know. Mm -hmm. What what are your thoughts on this offense? Because I'm again, I think the pass game is going to be phenomenal. But I mean, I want to hope that the that the the run game. I mean, because last year is just on. I don't I don't understand how they weren't good at running the football. But I still have a lot of question marks about whether or not they're going to actually be as explosive as we're kind of expecting them to be. Honestly, I agree with you. Everything that you said, hundred percent about BC's offense. Um, the uh, offensive line, again, that's what you said it best. They pride themselves in that. Uh, I think their offense is going to be pretty good. Uh, again, Zay Flowers, I like to watch him. I think Phil is going to be great at QB. The question is, how's the run game going to be as well? Uh, we could see, like, a lot of high-scoring games with Boston College, I feel like. Usually we don't see that with uh, a lot of teams that they play especially in the past, but this year, I think we could see like them run up the score a little bit or like play along with other teams as well. So, I mean, I think, I think BC, it is, this is the time, like what I said last or on Thursday with 
State, Wake, and BC, they're ahead of Florida State, where, I mean, their expectations are a little bit higher now. So I think they need to meet those expectations. I think it's going to be led with their offense this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this defense is one of those defenses that, you know, it, it's my my favorite argument I love seeing from, you know, just in ter- terms of a lot of teams are returning pretty much not their entire starting lineup. This is definitely the first year that I can ever remember. And it sounds like maybe even the history since back when the days when, you know, everybody, you know, actually stuck around the transfer portal wasn't a thing. But, you know, we're, you're returning, again, eight starters on defense, which, again, huge, definitely something that's important. But this is a defense that was very hit or miss. I mean, again, 43 to Virginia, 27 to Louisville, 45 to Notre Dame. Get a 16-13 shootout, shootout, quote-unquote, as a joke, with Syracuse. You know, they give up 27 to Georgia Tech. That 40-game to Virginia Tech makes no sense to me still. I mean, this is not a defense by any means that was terrible, but when they faced an offense that had, I guess, different options, you know, for example, an NC State this year, we'll see where running the football, they're going to be phenomenal. But again, they still have the threats on the outside. And if Devin Leary's healthy, I would argue that that's a very solid, you know, offense with multiple options to move the football. That's where Boston College struggled last year. And you're going to even see it out of conference with Missouri. Missouri is a fantastic example of having a team that can run the football. They're a very balanced offense. And, you know, if, Boston College's defense can't respond to that and kind of take a step forward, which I think they will. But at the same sense, if they don't, and I'm not betting on them to take a huge step forward, there was many games this year where I'm, you know, again, I'm questioning whether they're, I don't think they're more talented than Florida State. I don't think that when it comes down to things, the offensive awake forest could move the ball on them. Yeah, and it's going to be a shootout 50-50. How, how's it going to go? Who, who really knows? You just kind of take a bet against that point. And that's what favors Boston College is you're going to bet on the best quarterback. And I would argue that Filipovic is probably top four in the ACC. And it's crazy to think that the ACC, and if anyone wants to argue with me on this, the ACC has the best quarterbacks in college football this year. If anybody wants to come yeah. to me, I will gladly fight to tooth and nail for that because you can't tell me that when De'Aaron King is questionable for even being top three, when he would be top three in any other power five conference, yeah, we're, we're going to have some issues. So, you know, overall, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this defense? I, I would just put them as a middle of the pack ACC defense. Nothing I s- truly love about them. There's nothing I, I necessarily hate. I know the one thing that's been coming out of the Boston college, you know, realm between beat writers and, and stuff that we were talking about, you know, you just look through what's coming back and what's not. The linebacker position is is definitely deep, and there's a top, really big competition right now. So, you know, if they can get that working, that's great. And, of course, you know, all these beat writers are always going to say they've seen much improvement on the defensive side of the ball coming out of camp. So I don't know how much I'm going to buy into that. But it definitely sounds like, again, half the type of guy that I, I trust him to put it together a pretty solid defense. So there's that moving forward for Boston College again. I may be just convincing myself I like to bet against the hype, but I can see the hype being legit. But what, what, what are your thoughts on this defense? I think the hype needs to be real. Because if you look, like you say, if you look at these scores from last year, some of them they were in. But I think a lot of it has to do with the defensive side of the ball that they lose. And then if you look at some of their other losses, you know, they get blown out. Virginia Tech, and they came close to Carolina. Um I mean, 43 points to Virginia. 
45 points to Notre Dame. Like the defense, this is what uh, this is what Boston College needs. They need a good defense to take that extra step, get out of that six, seven win zone that you've had for the last three or four years. You want to make it like eight or nine. The defense needs to step up. And yeah, this the schedule is it's again, if you you're gonna win these 50-50 games with your defense. It's going to come down on the wire to with a lot of these games. Wake, Florida State, maybe even NC State, um, even maybe Louisville. Those ga- those games are going to be defined by how good your defense is. I'm not really worried about the offense. I think they got enough experience, and I think they got a great offensive line. But that's what's going to give Boston College the extra step this year is their defense. And I hope these beat writers are – right in saying that there's a lot of hype around the defense yeah this is a boston college team again i understand the hype and i might be completely wrong and kicking myself down the road but you know again there's a lot of show me right now which is Mm -hmm. those that follow college football that's missouri's slogan is the show me states that's all their branding so it's kind of funny to play mizzou but you know it really is just how much improvement i mean i love the, the secondary pickup they got in the transfer portal from Florida State with Jaden Lars Woodby, he's going to be a phenomenal piece. So, again, they've added a lot of pieces to kind of help fill some voids, especially in that secondary. So if Boston College can take that step forward, then they probably are the second-best team in the Atlantic because they have the second-best quarterback in the Atlantic. No offense to Devin Leary, no offense to Sam Hartman. I'm just a big fan of Phil Jakovic, and that's the problem. The ACC Atlantic is – probably the best division in college football when it comes to quarterbacks as well. I mean, we're talking again, Malik Cunningham. I mean, the list can go on. I mean, I think the only team we might question quarterback play is Syracuse. And even then they have at least a decent name. It's just more of whether or not he plays to the level he's expected to, but you know, it's one of those things where it's the schedules playing out well for him. 83rd ranked strength of schedule. You know, the more and more we talk about them, the more and more I think about maybe just switching my prediction and making them eight and four. That way it's in the middle of where I go. <laughs> I think six and six, again, just sits about right. The only concern about that is I, I, looking at it, I don't, I don't see how they don't go at least three and one out of conference. So and I'd argue this team is probably good enough to go 500 <laughs> in the AFC. Yeah. So there, there's definitely that concern. My, my hype, maybe I'm, I'm betting too much against the hype. But this is a team I think I'm excited to watch them. I can tell you that much. If there's anything that I will say, you know, maybe not dialing in for that Colgate game. I'm definitely going to have to dial in for just at least a couple series of the UMass game just to see the crowd there. But I'm not going to really dial into Boston College football until the Mizzou game. So they'll have three weeks before I really am, you know, the only way I'm dialing in is if we're getting a notification on our phone in the fourth quarter and, Boston College is losing to Temple, and if that's the case, then shit. <laughs> We're yeah. on the ACC. So, um, any final thoughts here on Boston College uh, before we wrap this one up? No, not really. Just if the defense steps up, we could – I agree. We could see them as the top two or three in the ACC Atlantic. Awesome. Well, for everyone listening, we appreciate it. Uh, look forward to seeing Boston College and uh, – Nick and I will be hanging around and preview some more ACC teams. Uh, We appreciate everyone listening. Uh, This will be releasing here on Monday, August 9th. 
And then the next one that we'll be releasing is Monday or Tuesday, August 10th, which will be Clemson, which we'll be previewing here shortly. But we appreciate everybody listening. And as always, it means just a little bit less.